0: Welcome and you're listening to a very different episode of the Keep the Change podcast. we got Mikey in the studio today. We're going to do something we haven't done before. What we're going to do is we're going to f- pull out a video that's two years old and it's from Adrian Ord, the Reserve Bank, and he's being interviewed by Jack Tame on Q&A. And he is obviously going to be talking about all things, the economy, interest rates, inflation. So this is a good two years ago. What we're going to do is we haven't watched this. We've got no idea what is in this. We're going to hit place, so you're going to be able to listen, and then in the background we're going to be listening and gathering some thoughts, and then we're going to hit the table when we do that, I'm going to hit pause on the video, and then we're going to talk about what's being spoken this about is, in the video. This is difficult for me, it takes me, you know, I normally have to sleep on stuff to get ideas, mate. <laughs> Sorry, mate. So uh, we will we'll cut Drake out, and then we'll get Mr. Mr. Orr and Jack Taman into the building from two years ago, and we'll get going. So enjoy, people of the uh, podcast who are listening to learn. Let's go, Mr. Orr.
1: Fonterra today announced a loss of up to $675 million for the financial year just ended, which means no dividend for its... True! <laughs> for ...farmer shareholders. It's not great news for our rural communities, or indeed for the rest of the economy, given growth has been slowing. But this is the backdrop for the Reserve Bank's latest OCR call, where interest rates were slashed by half a percentage point in hopes of stimulating the economy. The cut is good news for borrowers, and the banks moved quickly to cut mortgage rates. But when I spoke to Reserve Bank Governor Adrian Orr, I asked, is he happy with the bank's response? Too early to tell. Um, you know,
2: there was some immediate reaction from the banks, uh, dropping interest rates. But, you know, we are watching very closely. Um, the pass-through over recent years has been what we anticipated. The pass-through mm-hmm. from, the, from the official cash rate into um, deposit and lending rates. Um, but we're letting that work its way through. There has been a structural change, just, just briefly, because banks are also now... Uh, delightfully more dependent on deposits as well that rather than just wholesale borrowing. So, so the banks are working their way through about, about how you know um, adjusting interest rates both to their deposit base as well as their lending base and so we're seeing that working through the system.
1: But would you like to see more generous rates when it comes to lending?
2: I want to see a, a, a significant pass through of the lower interest rate into, into the real economy. I mean, we, we cut interest rates to mm. encourage investment, um, encourage more active investment. Uh, to encourage spending. And so one of the main mechanisms is both through the banking system, the cost of borrowing, but also the hurdle rate to investing. Mm. You know, it's very hard to be nervous about investing at this point with such a low hurdle rate to investment.
1: Is there a risk that households take on too much debt?
2: Uh, There's always a risk, but, um, you know, we've seen significant improvement uh, over Mm. recent years. And We need to also separate out uh, what I would call an average debt position versus some extreme household positions. The central bank has been worried about that extreme position for for quite a long time. Lending standards were too lax. They have improved, but on average, um, interest rates are getting better. Similar in the agricultural sector, I know that um, there's been a lot of concern there. Get a pause, Adrian, there.
3: Wow. (laughs) I have not heard that stuff before, eh? That's quite interesting.
0: Yeah. Going back to the very first part, is he, uh, when he's talking about the, the the hurdle to investing, he's not talking about the average mongrel on the street like myself trying to buy some shares on shares, is he? No, you can't go and, the average mongrel can't go and borrow to do that anyway, can yeah. he? Yeah. So he's talking about uh, business owners, for instance, wanting to uh, borrow for some equipment to run their business, and they're gonna have a cheaper form of debt and therefore gonna be more willing to take on that, that uh debt for instance and invest into their businesses. Yeah, there? so
3: you know, you, you go and borrow a hundred grand for a couple of diggers for the construction site and that's at lower rates, meaning you can you can service that debt with a, a lower turnover to begin with and therefore grow and that's the idea behind it. Um <clears throat> I mean he said, Yeah, we're doing it to encourage spending and Fuck, we got that! <laughs> did we Holy what? shit,
0: <laughs> did we? What? The interesting thing there, um, you know, oh, people are pretty responsible with debt or whatever the terminology was, and you know we don't want to see dangerous levels of debt. But when people come to you to borrow, mm-hmm. I'd imagine, like I'm guessing, consumer behaviour would teach me that people would say the number one question they would say they would have for you would be how much can I borrow? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. They don't say, hey, mate. uh, how much are interest rates at the moment? How yeah. much interest am I going to pay on debt of blah, blah, blah? The first question must be, how much can I borrow? Yeah, well, I always start the conversation
3: with, like, what sort of price property are you looking for? Yeah. And that's sort of like, oh, yeah, and they start thinking about it. And then the common thing is, well, we don't really know. We just need to know how much we borrow. so it rolls into that, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much the, the go-to. And then it's my job to sort of unpack everything and find out where they actually need to sit, want to sit. Yeah. What,
0: what sort of debt level you can take on versus what you should. The now we're at a point two years on where buy now pay later et cetera, is nine percent of people are overdue. One in five people have one, and you know think sheersy's growth. For instance, hundreds of thousands of people started investing. I think that you know what this economics and history is great, but what we forget is consumer behaviour where. People will always find a way to spend shit. Like at, at the time of lockdown, they thought, oh, the economy's going to tank. And after about a month, humans are like, fuck, I'm going to blow all my cash. Hunting, yeah. buying shares, yeah. e-commerce, ordering food. Yeah, this got what, like this whatever. got cheap. Yeah. yeah. Like, Everything's accessible now. Everyone wanted to know, what can I buy? Yeah. Like what's, what's available? And then it was, okay, we're going to change the lockdown settings. Yes, we can get Uber Eats. You know, even
3: I felt it. Mm. I remember looking at property because I was getting the FOMO and stuff and I, I stopped myself. But basically, yeah, I remember feeling it as well. I was like, shit, this feels
0: unlimited. Yeah. Let's like, just keep going. You know, the economy was roaring, absolutely roaring. <laughs> Should we let him carry on? Yep. He's two minutes 30 in team. He's got 10 minutes in total. So we're, we'll unpack him, mate. Yeah
2: around um, around what the bank's behaviours will be in the agricultural sector. We have to remember that they were aggressively lending for a good part of 10 years and now they're reconsidering whether that was sensible or not. Um, they need to be sensible around their long-term behaviour. So not all, but some are heavily indebted? Uh, In the agriculture sector, it's interesting that around 80% of the debt is held by only about 10 to 15% of the people. And so there are some heavily indebted Mm. segments to the agricultural sector. In the household sector, we hold a lot of debt, but it's uh, it's, uh, a lower cost of interest means it's easier to service. And also, uh, we
0: are able to... A lower cost of interest. (laughs) Fast forward two years. Yeah, Yeah. shit. Interest rates have gone from what? 1.5% to... About five and a half percent. Yeah, five five would be a fair, fair number. So, (laughs) okay, we'll we'll let them carry on.
2: Uh, either have free cash flow by lower interest rates and or you could leverage further. So that's really an individual household decision. It's the businesses that need to get going on investment and it's the government that needs to keep going on its planned expenditure.
1: Yeah, let's talk, talk about the government for a moment. I mean, th- this government, as we know, has been determined to return surpluses and to contain debt to 20% of GDP. Is it time for this government to start spending more? That's
2: a lie. Uh, the government <laughs> is... <laughs> yeah.
3: How's our debt to They GDP? returned a debt yeah. to GDP from 35% to 20 They did it overnight, actually did It by including the super fund in their calculation and wiped 15% off
0: in one day, Mr. Yeah. Minister of Debt. So, cheers, great. But they, they did achieve that, yep. So, our debt to GDP skyrocketed through the COVID period, and then we've changed the way we measure that, haven't we? Yeah, we went up to about 35%,
3: yeah. Wow. And now And as of today, we're at 20 but it was 35% like a month ago, so, yeah. And we didn't uh, pay that off. Hey, guys, you yeah. know, just rent the bank and say... Can, hey, you, can do you do that my to my accounts, mate? Because you're an accountant, hey? Yeah, hey, let me just <laughs> nip over <laughs> to my computer. <laughs> Beauty.
2: I was about to email you about some tax. <laughs> Righto. And so this is the first time in our projections that we've taken on the new budget expectations that we saw announced only a couple of months back. In our projections ahead, government spending is a significant component of uh, of the boost to demand. Mm-hmm. So we see economic activity picking up over the next two years, in part because of the low interest rates and also in part because of the government spending. And so- Holy shit, he nailed it.
0: Mm, that is truth right there. Yeah. An interesting Conversation for myself With another business owner We're not the accountant for But catch up with him regularly He said mate I was sitting there In lockdown And I was thinking Okay what what's going to happen And he's like Bro I don't know if you heard but I heard But what I heard Is the government say We're going to fucking build Our way out of this thing mm. And that's basically Exactly what Adrian Orr's just said We need business government. And government To keep building To yeah. keep spending To keep yeah. investing And so he said I come up with a business model To basically Supply to government builds, but me on my own, I'm not big enough. So I come up with a partnership model, and that's what I've been working on for the last two years. I'm like smart, so people can see. Like yeah. some people, you know, they'll they'll
3: yeah, there's there's certain uh, things that get put out by there by the Reserve Bank and things like that that um, people listen to and take notes and like, okay, cool, we've got a direction.
0: Yeah, yeah. For a lot of our clients, we've basically gone on the conversation and said okay how can you not recession proof but insulate your business yep. and a lot of them come to the conclusion hmm if I can get closer to like, as we always like follow the money where's mm. the money going to come from if you can get closer to some form of government spending it's probably going to be more likely well it's unlimited. to support that too yeah, yeah. it's unlimited yeah
3: mm. yeah the the if the government runs out of the money they'll make more of it like They'll be Printing t- it. They'll tax it or they'll print up. it. Yeah. So you've got unlimited
0: money at that level. Mr. Adrian Nor will let you carry on.
2: So Our challenge is that that spending actually gets done because there are lags and delays and challenges mm. around infrastructure spend. Um, you can more immediately do the consumption spending and the welfare um, transfer payments. So so we are confident that...
0: Well, we did plenty of those, didn't we? We did
3: plenty of those. Yeah. That is a big one. Wage subsidy, COVID resurgence support.
0: Yep. All of the above. And I think there's more. There's the $350 payment to come as well. Cost of living payment. The
2: expectation is to spend. Uh, We will be watching closely to see whether the impulse is coming through.
1: But see, we're getting two different messages at the moment. The Reserve Bank is saying now is the time to borrow, now is the time to spend. The government's saying we're going to have to wait until at least next year's budget before those budget responsibility rules are relaxed and they can inject more into the economy.
2: Yeah, it it is really interesting. I mean, how times have changed. Uh, I was at the the Parliament yesterday in front of the Select Committee and we had what would traditionally be the Conservative end of Parliament suggesting more and more government spending and more borrowing and higher wages and, and what would be considered the Liberal side saying, no, we need to be fiscally responsible. I think New Zealand's debate and discussion around fiscal responsibility got too narrowly defined by a debt target. It was there for a purpose originally around creating some structural discipline. But there is nothing magic about net debt of 20% you need to be flexible, low and stable debt to be used sensibly um, when needed uh, and to be used sensibly uh, on, on infrastructure and assets mm. that are needed. And so flexibility with confidence is, is what we're after.
1: Well, well, these are self-imposed rules, as we know, but there is a little caveat. There's an asterisk at the bottom of those rules that says if this government is faced with trying economic circumstances, they can effectively change those rules and start Absolutely. spending. Would you like to see that happen now?
2: Uh, I'm comfortable, um, I I am absolutely comfortable that uh, this government and any other government would act sensibly, that they know that there's no uh, electric fence at 20% of GDP. Um, The government has talked openly um, about um, uh, being more flexible um, around those targets in the future. But they're not
1: spending yet.
2: I think a significant challenge for them from what I understand it is like the tame's t- t- fault, particular. mate, to be honest. He's <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's
3: encouraged it, yeah. isn't he?
0: <laughs> he's just like, Go and spend it. Yeah, and then the electric fence is actually inflation
3: now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting is he, he hasn't like they've said this and said this and said this and not at one point did they say anything about inflation. Maybe he mentions it later on, but yeah. It's of it, by the sounds of it, they're thinking that there is absolutely zero threat of it. Yeah. And There's here we four are. minutes to go, so surely
0: they've got to get this. Surely,
3: give a all, all right, let's
2: hear it, mate. Because the nervousness of the public always was that, oh, governments will get in there, they've got surpluses, they'll go crazy and spend. Um, so, you know, this was a simple signal of their desire for long-term discipline. Uh, mm. But around that, you need the flexibility. Um, they have promised, and they are spending. Um, you know, I'm not... Here, representing fiscal policy, I'm just saying, given the numbers that have turned up, it is a significant fiscal spend ahead um, that they're promised, and Treasury themselves have been mm. operationally sceptical to say, even with this much promised, can we deploy that capital over that period? You know, deploying it is a, is a significant challenge. Yeah,
1: we, we know there are capacity issues, but in an ideal world, would you like to see the government bring forward that spending and start spending now?
2: We really need to see the government spending. Um, uh, I'm not sure how they would bring forward uh, outside of uh, immediate, um, I suppose, uh, airdropping cash.
0: You know, their intention is to spend. I do believe... Oh, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing forward airdropping cash. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, it took two years, but we're doing it now, aren't we?
2: I believe it is a fantastic time to be thinking about long-term investment. Uh, That's both government and private sector. And I'd love to see uh, more private sector money going into the infrastructure spend itself. It doesn't always just have to be government money.
0: So On that, I think that's quite a good point. Something that I notice at the moment is that everywhere you look, I mean, you don't consume much of the news. Every Everyone is talking about everything's pretty fucked. Um, our healthcare, um, we're trying to build railways and shit, and then we're like, oh, let's put something on the bridge so we can bike over it. No, we're not spending money on that. Um, our infrastructure all just seems pretty old. I went have spoke at a school recently, some amazing facilities, but mm. then some really um, dated facilities. And, you know, all of our infrastructure, well, not all of it, but a lot of our Even infrastructure. Even the roads, mate. Yeah, the roads, yeah. like I saw. Um, My car's quite racy, and fuck, she's bumpy, eh? <laughs> I saw something really interesting last week where there's massive – Potholes, and then Waka Kotahi, I think it is fix the the roads, or well, someone fixes the roads, fuck knows who I don't know, yeah, <laughs> but that's uh, land transport and shoddy job, and it was basically an industry representative from trucking saying, if we crashed on this and hurt someone, or yeah do we get blamed for that, or it? hundred percent yeah, that's what they were saying though, basically there would be an investigation trucks and stuff are like heavily looked at in that regard by Mm.
3: Osh and certifications and safety's a big thing for truckers.
0: Yeah, and he's sort of like, well, we're going to cop the fallout from this, but it's again just a lack of spending on infrastructure. Mm. So I mean, that again, going back to my mate who's like, I can see the government building their way out of this, and that's often what people talk about through a recession right? Mm. is the government will build, that's that's what'll fuel more jobs and they'll Mm. do shit. Um, So that's obviously what this person was hearing, but... Yeah, maybe uh, we do need to be building facilities and infrastructure.
3: This is, th- this conversation is really interesting. How they have no, they don't give two fucks about inflation,
0: eh? Not yet. It is not a threat yeah. in this conversation. They, I, honestly, I have not listened to this, but I'm surely they've got to get <laughs> sure to inflation. I need that shit. Uh, around the world, there is an infrastructure
2: deficit. There is mm. a global surplus of cash. There are very low interest rates globally. This is a generational opportunity to to be building long term sustainable infrastructure. Looking forward.
1: How likely is a recession?
2: Uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's not in our central forecast. Um, I would put it at, at a, uh, at the, you know, it's within any confidence interval, but I'd put it a-
0: it's at the, door, it's, yeah, I mean, look, it's not a really, uh, book, uh, so <laughs> when, when is this
3: dated? So this is two years ago. So this is yeah. sort of just after the first lockdowns, I guess, right? Let me get you, it's
0: 2019, 12th of August. Oh yeah. Well, that's pre, nah, nah that can't that's be. That's not right. Yeah. That can't be right. That's three years ago, if that's the case. Nah, he's talking
3: about all this stuff. So, I mean, yeah, there's a few things he feels like he's got a bit of blinkers on, eh, and not thinking Mm. about the cost of
0: the actions. I'm certainly intrigued. I feel like that date, um, let's see when these comments were. I really don't see how it's different to printing money when there's no intent of ever stopping credit growth, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, let's carry on.
2: No oh, barrier. I mean, our, our projections are that economic growth will be picking up, um, real growth activity. We, we are confronted with challenges but they're quality mm. challenges. Where do we get the supply? How do we get the investment in place? Where do we find the labour? Um, so, you know, these are, these are fantastic challenges for the country, mm. but it is around a world of low nominal interest rates. So people have to get in their minds the difference between low global nominal interest rates and, and real economic activity. Economic activity is still strong.
1: Are you concerned about the... Um, we're just seeing more of these ads for the finance companies coming up. You know, the, the yeah, old, yeah. oh, you know, 8%, <laughs> that sort of thing.
2: Well, that's, that's why we're working very closely with the uh, the FMA, uh, the Commerce Commission. Um, you know, we've, we've really reinvigorated what's called the Council of Financial Regulators because the answer is yes. You know, we don't want disintermediation going into bucket shop lenders. Uh, some of these truck lending has just been, you know, the... Um, the uh, payday lending and stuff, it's, it's, it's not nice. And we're also talking
1: with the New Zealand Bankers Association, because often it's their balance sheet behind mm. that lending. I suppose though, that there'll, be, there'll be baby boomers, for example, who say, well, a term deposit's not going to return me anything with the OCR where it's at and, and interest rates where they're at at the moment, so maybe I should be pouring money into these companies. Uh,
2: well, that's right. They, they need to be thinking about what are alternative investments. We, you know, In our minds, this is what I was talking about this morning, people get savings as if it's something different to investment. You know? Saving is investment. If you're saving with cash under the pillow, well, you're losing in real terms. If you've got it in a, in a low nominal bank account, well, you, you might break even on inflation. Uh, saving needs to be thinking about what are the investments I need to be make? How do mm. I put my capital to work? Mm. Um, so so uh, it's time to have proper conversations and not be sold duds around high-risk investments that aren't justified by the returns. So all of this talk about us having learnt and being responsible as financial advisors, time to step up.
3: Interesting.
0: Here we go. I think, I think it is pre-COVID. Really? Yeah. So it'll tick over to three years in August on the YouTube right there.
3: Right, right, right. So he was uh, ready to hit the money printer button before he even had a bloody lockdown. Yeah. yeah. This is interesting plot yeah. twist for us. So I yeah. thought this was going to be...
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, after the first sort of introduction of COVID, so March to July, but it's clearly before that. So what he's really talking about in that back piece is... Interest rates are cheap. We've got to take advantage of this opportunity. We've got to borrow a shit ton of money mm. and start building some shit. Mm. And did we? <laughs> we bought a fuckload of rental properties, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we waited. Yeah. We we waited as a nation for COVID and then we're like, I don't right.
3: know. There must be some good things that happened with it, right? Like, I know the roads are a bit shitty
0: and... They are building that massive tunnel. Um the railway, the city railway loop. I know the government opened up that Wellington Road. Finally. Yeah. Transmission Gully, that one's called. Yep. Yeah. Small blowout. We built the Christchurch Stadium. on oh, no, a wait. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: shit, I'm just, I'm, I'm only human, guys. I can't really I'll pick up something off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. I know that we, we sent a lot of money out through COVID, day. Eh? Yeah, well, Billions it's... Billions of dollars
0: straight to bank accounts. I suppose it shows the nature of how, you know, he was talking about their budgets, their forecasts. Then mm. he was talking about Treasury's forecasts. And then, mm. okay, we think government should be doing X, Y, Z. Okay, now they're going to do this. Then we're going to have to factor that into our forecast. No, we can't see any risk of a recession. I remember around 2020, we were starting to think around, all, oh, you know, what's, what's the economy going to look like mm. recession-wise. But then, yeah, COVID did sort of come and disrupt this entire thing. But I suppose some of the things that he was speaking about is let's spend some money, let's take advantage of this. You know, there's, there's low interest rates, let's rip into it. Mm. Well, we had a real good crack at that whilst we were in lockdown and whatnot and we had even less supply and now we're paying for the price for it on the other side. I wonder what Well,
3: I mean, what he's saying is like, here you go government where you're getting credit at the lowest sort of price ever. Yeah. Um, Go and spend it and, and spend it well.
0: Um, so, you know, there might be some good things coming. Well, here's one from March 2021 to carry us on. Trying to kill the fly with the mullet. Adrian Orr on the housing crisis solutions. Q&A 2021. Because this is all that happened,
3: right? All we did
0: was have a massive housing bubble. Yeah, let's get into this one.
2: Uh, My sympathy is not. Our actions will, um, but our actions need to be done with not just the Reserve Bank, but a very holistic approach. Um, As you know, the Reserve Bank can mostly impact the demand for housing. Um, There's a big supply problem of housing, so this
1: is a both a... Is that true? (sighs) i got you started. (laughs) And it's only 18 (laughs) seconds in. Um,
3: So I guess there is a shortage or a lack of supply of cheap and affordable housing but there's lots of houses in New Zealand and I'm not sure how we work this out I I don't I can walk around and most people are in a home so Mm. I can't figure out how we have this massive shortage hundreds of thousands of homes need to be built and all this kind of thing I I don't know where it comes from
0: yeah it's a good point because yeah Um, what is the what is the like benchmark x amount of people per house you know? Yeah. Like, what if a if family of 20 decides to live in a house together? Or mates go flatting. 12, oh, mate, I made a flat with 12 people. I'm like, how the fuck you do they do? Or six, or three, or four, or two, or whatever. But. Yeah. I guess I guess there would be a shortage of housing
3: if... I don't know what the, what the benchmark is for that. Like, that every 21-year-old can move out and buy a home,
0: or... Mate, I've got no idea. But, um... I reckon it's just the narrative to get people buildings to try and decrease the price
3: it's a it's a media's dream to talk about that shit
0: then it will be because the next one is once we've got a enough houses which i don't know if we'll ever see that when we're alive um we'll be we've got a shortage of infrastructure Mm. and i've already heard that a couple times from people who are quite close to building they're like oh yeah it's all good and well high density housing etc and having a number of building eight units on what used to be one section but the infrastructure can't cope no. So, so then we'll have a shortage of infrastructure, so then we'll get people to train and learn how to work in the infrastructure piece.
3: Yeah, we'll see that narrative change. Like you do hear it now already. So, mm.
0: All right, that was unfair to put, hit pause on Adrian, 18 seconds in. <laughs> Short-term uh, issue here, right here, right now, but it's also a
2: much longer-term issue across both housing supply and alternative places to invest.
4: And is that part of the problem, is that people see housing as a right, as the only place to invest? We're almost obsessed with housing in New Zealand. I,
2: I believe that is, strongly. Th- Same. Correct. Same, yeah. 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 Case. Um, you know, what monetary policy has done is lowered interest rates. It's, it's uh, encouraged people to go out there and use their money. That's the purpose of monetary policy. Um, we didn't say go out there and buy only homes or houses. There is <laughs> You should have known, Adrian. So,
3: yeah, that's a tough one, eh? Because, like, I can't rock up to the bank and be like, can I have a million bucks? Yeah. Um, I want to build I can, a I can service the spaceship. debt on your on your calculator, but I just want it for a business. Yeah, just won't happen. Really, That'd um, be like cool story, man. Or to buy Tesla shares, or to buy, you know. Yeah. Um. So, I think he's right in saying that, but also it, the reality of it is like. It's Our this. banks in New Zealand love property, and it's the only thing they secure these these big loans against. Yeah, that's how the system works, right? Yeah, well, effectively, how money in, in New Zealand is created is via the housing market.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, so. Mm. Hey, can I please get $50,000? What do you want it for? I'm going to buy some shares in zero. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, hey, can I get $50,000? I'm going to build a deck. Oh, why don't you get 60000 Get a spa <laughs> pool too. <laughs> exactly, Son mate. Sign here. Yeah, 100 Another 60000 into supply. Bring, bring. Hey, Bob the Builder, can you come round and get me sorted on me deck? No problem, mate. <laughs> Full array of places where you can invest, but New
2: Zealanders, New Zealanders keep going to housing. Um, and why, and I think a big part of it is just access to leverage, access to debt. It's so simple, you can okay, leverage, and yeah, think that you're on the win.
3: Yeah, that's it. He's, true. he's summed it up in a nutshell, yeah. Mm. So... It's very hard to take your own occupied house, which has got a million dollars in equity, and go. Can I take that million dollars out? Um, and go and do this business, which I haven't started yet. There's no financials. There's no nothing. You know, yeah, it can't be done. Yeah, so But you can but buy another rental. You can buy another rental because yeah, that's, great. that's what we do here. It's another piece of security for the collateral for the bank, and you know, there's tenants and and that'll help the shortage of houses. Absolutely,
2: <laughs> not. <laughs> Um, but it's primarily because you're highly leveraged.
4: Have we encouraged people to do that, though? Do young people see investors as the only way in? What
2: frustrates me is no one uh, change will um, resolve this issue. We have to work together and do many changes. So it's about access to the debt. It's about the ability to take on so much leverage for the investor. It's about being able to fund yourself uh, at at the interest only. Um, It's about really taking on risks, which you probably aren't thinking of when you do that. It's all advantage.
0: On this, the risk that people don't think about is the inability to take further risk in other areas of their life.
3: Massively, man. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's it can, If you get it wrong, it can be serfdom and you're stuck and then you can't go and do anything else. Yeah. Especially if you get stuck with it after the value's dropped Ooh. and you can't liquidate it. Yeah. Um, I think in December 2021, I put something on my Instagram and it was from Adrian out of the monetary policy notes before Christmas or something that they did. And it was almost like a warning shot. It was like, um, I remember this. I just, yeah, I just want to let everyone know that um, the time that you always want to get rid of property is when it's not liquid. Yeah. It was like he was saying, like, what's coming for the next year? He's like, I'm going to butcher your values. (laughs) (laughs) And um, but it's it's so true. Like almost everything he's saying right here, I agree with. Yeah, he um, s-
0: sounds pretty bearish on property here. Eh? He's like, trying to discourage people, like, Yeah, come yeah. guys. Like, yeah, think, stop do doing this
3: and go do some different stuff, which mm. I agree with.
2: It's housing all of the time as an investment. And so we need to think hard about that and start making real change. Leverage, uh, taxation, as well as the supply side uh, are the drivers.
4: Is that a bit of a dig at the government there? Because the government's asked you to, to look at LVRs, to debt-to-income ratios, interest-only uh, loans for investors... But are they doing enough on their side? Are you being pressured to do too much on your side?
2: Well, I would say clearly both this government and all governments for a long time. This didn't suddenly just arrive. This is, uh, in my lifetime, I think it's probably the fifth house price cycle. And um, so through time, the governments have found it too hard, too difficult politically to make some of the big intergenerational changes that are needed. You know, governments are elected every three years. These are intergenerational changes. Uh, And so now... Interesting.
0: Just to give you... I'm just thinking about this when they were talking back at the maybe a couple of minutes ago about encouraging housing investing. In my short journey of being an accountant, what how must how long must I be? I must be shit, I might be almost fifteen years into this shit. Fuck. <laughs> okay, that's a wake up call. Yeah. But um so when I first started, you'd so you'd have a house right, and then you would have equity in that and so then you get your rental, this is what people would do. So get their rental, and then what they would do is they could claim the interest as a tax-deductible expense. So they'd have That's their, gone now. Yeah, so they'd have their total rent, which would all be income. They'd have interest, they'd have rates, they would have repairs, uh, and I'm fairly sure you could claim depreciation. So a percentage of your building would decrease your profit as well. That's a non-cash cost, but it's basically saying that your building's going down in value, which is fucking incorrect, uh, because they all <laughs> seem to go the other way. Yeah, But you could depreciate them. So then you would end up with a loss. And what people would do... You could carry it over to your income. Yes, is they'd, they'd have these things called uh, LAQCs, which was all the fashionable thing, have a loss attributing qualifying company. And so mum and dad, um, they would have 50-50 each, and they would have, say, salaries of $70,000 and pay tax on that, and then they'd have a $20,000 loss from their property in their LAQC. It would get split out 50-50, so then that would decrease their total income to $60,000 because they've got minus $10,000, and they should only pay tax on 60000 Then they would get a refund of 2800 so you'd have this rush after 31 March. People been like, I need you to do my accounts because I want to get my rental refund. No one, wonder what? everyone wanted to do it, though. Yeah, so that's that was... That was when I got into it. Yep. Like this is what I can remember, and and also this here's the next raw. I'd be like, oh yeah, what are you gonna do? Oh well, we're gonna fucking um, repair the, pr- you know what I mean, repair the property with the refund, eh? But you know <laughs> what they're doing? Improving the property so that they could then sell it for more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and bloody Kim, uh, we're you know gonna put that together so we've got five grand and we're gonna put the spa pool into the rental, eh? Yeah, and, the, and
3: then the, when when you bin it, it and make the big profit, there's no tax on that.
0: Oh no, nah, wait, hold on, bro. Too <laughs> too far. What we're gonna do <laughs> is then we're gonna go back to the bank and we're gonna be like, hey, we've actually like repaired a couple of things here Valley's and. Gone, Yeah, and now I want to borrow more, which then I can get more interest on that, which I'll pay, which is going to make my loss more. Sounds like a Ponzi, eh? yeah. (laughs) And then I'm going to sell it, and I'm not going to pay any tax. So that's what would happen. Like, literally, they were coaching me. I'm like, fuck, I thought I studied accounting, but this guy, (laughs) this guy and Kimmy, uh, they know what they're doing. And then we said, uh, hey, this is taking the piss a little bit. We got rid of depreciation, so people couldn't depreciate uh, their buildings, but... What people did do is they go, okay, well, I'm going to get a valuation done and I'm going to value all my chattels, which I can depreciate, but Mm -hmm. I can't depreciate the overall building. And then uh, that's what the smart people did. And then they said, okay, we're going to get rid of these LAQCs. And so they kind of got rid of that structure, but then they set up this uh, look-through company, which is basically the same thing with a new name, but it had these limitations of the total uh, losses that you could use. And then eventually they said, you know what?
3: We're ring fencing this shit.
0: Yep. And then they said, right, you're not going to now latest ones like you're not going to be able to claim your uh, your interest. Oh, step back, sorry, you're not going to be able to put your losses into yeah, your so tax got return.
3: to stay on the property,
0: so if it runs at a loss, it runs at a loss. Yeah, and you can take that forward to the next year till you start making profits. And people are like, oh fuck, you know, old Kimmy uh, from the first example and her husband are like, fuck, does it sell this rental <laughs> and actually finally realise his profits because we're not going to get our refunds anymore. This sucks. Yeah. Um, so they cashed out capital gains as well. But then they said, all right, you're not going to be able to claim your interest or we're going to start to decrease this. So this is the first year that we've been doing accounts of people and we've got to check, okay, what were your interest payments from April to September? And then they're at 100% tax deductibility. Then it drops down to 75% for the second six months of the year. And then the loss goes into the tax return, but it doesn't decrease the uh, income for them. It doesn't mean they get a tax refund. It just means that it goes into the next year. So we're slowly discouraging it, but it seems like we're slow learners because um you know this is the this is the thing that i always struggle to reconcile like the boomers etc and i'm not like ripping on the boomers but like they had the advantage of doing these things over the last 40 years and beyond yeah and but they're always like oh back in my day we only like we fucking had 18% interest rates and stuff and it's like yeah but you also had a tax system geared towards yeah. financial wealth that's all been unwound for the people that are just turning 20 or 25.30 that have got, finally got some equity that are like, I want to play in this space now.
3: Yeah, and incomes versus house prices were like, you know, five to one. Mm. Um, like lots of things have changed and it feels like the way that it's going is like we've hit the top almost. Like we've, we've rinsed, rinsed it so
0: good. No, we so haven't hit the lot. top, mate, because what's going to happen, so this is what I said to my parents years ago. <laughs> All I right, said, let's hear it. I said, Dad, Judith, that's my stepmom. When I'm the Prime Minister, I'm going to ban people investing in houses. You're only going to be able to have one house and one rental. But you have to have your rental in a region that needs it. And they're like, son, you're a fuckwit. (laughs) That's disgusting. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Um, And I thought, that what a great solution. You know, the way we can stop all this is just say hey, you fuckwits, you can't have (laughs) 10, 13, two rentals. You you can only have one, max anyway. And then I might get rid of that after about 10 years in in power, but I'd never get into power. To get the same
3: returns in terms of um, like annual rent versus the value of the property now is so much harder than it was back then with all the rules taken out anyway yeah, that it's just not as an attractive investment at the moment.
0: No, and the thing for people to be mindful of is that 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 they are investing in rental properties they're not getting those same kind of kickbacks, or they are now having to burden and top up some of the the payments because they can't rely on those refunds, yeah, like we're still doing
3: mortgages for investors and stuff, but almost pretty much all of them are negative yielding products at the moment, well, like none of them are covering the full cost of everything that it takes to get through a whole year mm. um and you know. The client is like, I'm prepared to take that on because I think it's going to be this million dollar property is going to be two million in 10 years. Yeah. But that's something that you don't know for sure as well. What you do know for sure is that it's running negative. (laughs) Do you know what else is negative yielding?
0: What's that? The Bitcoin that I brought at (laughs) 90,000 New Zealand. Back to Adrian.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's extremely difficult. You mentioned uh, sympathy for a certain generation. Demographically, globally, we are getting old. Um, and that's where the median voter is, and those are the people who own the assets. So there is a political economy problem here, and it's going to need courage to work through. Um, and The instruments we have at the Reserve Bank uh, both add to that problem, and also even reducing house prices may increase the issue, the problem for first home buyers, people who want to be actually live in the house rather than hold it as an investment. A loan to value ratio, for example, means that, that you can uh, borrow less and that's much harder to buy your first home. A debt to um, income ratio means that, you again, you can take on less debt. That makes it harder to buy your first home. So while they may uh, hold house prices down, um, they're doing it through making it harder to enter that asset class. So there's no free lunch from the Reserve Bank type policy set, but there has to be courage to be doing these things for the long term.
4: So are you saying you're doing what you can and you're looking at doing what you can, but the government isn't doing that? Uh,
2: we haven't done enough of what we can do, and that's what we will be doing over the next few months. Um,
0: Ooh. It <laughs> <laughs> means LVR. That is in. shots fired, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and we are increasing interest rates. Yeah, it came,
3: it came and it came hot, so... Yeah can't say they didn't tell everyone. No. Although I didn't see this before. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll aim around our, what we call our macro prudential tools, loan to value ratios, uh, capital holdings. We've been focused on the financial stability of the banking system as a whole. We haven't been focused on specific asset classes. Um, the, the letter that we received from the Minister has really given us, uh, allows us now to focus far more on that specific asset class, in fact
4: it, it instructs us to. We're yet to see whether LVRs have made a difference too early, but would debt to income ratios make a bigger difference do you think? And how how do you look at targeting those? How do you look at those making sure yeah. they do actually only impact investors?
2: It, it's hard to say whether LVR versus DTI which one's going to be more effective because we don't have a, a, a long history on it. I would say from, from a first principles concept uh, debt to income would be more impactful. Um, but by being impactful, it means it's more harsh on those first home buyers um, on that side. And targeting anything, you know, these are blunt instruments, and so trying to finally target using a blunt instrument, you know, it's trying to kill the fly with the mallet. Um, uh, it's you know, it's difficult. But that's you know, being difficult is not an excuse not to try.
4: Would you just get rid of interest-only loans for investors? How much of the market of for investors? You know, do actually rely on those interest-only yeah, loans? I,
2: I, it's too early to actually tell where the, the the work is ongoing right at the moment. But that's clearly one of the first things. One what role do interest-only loans really play? Is it largely the investors who are using it only? And can we target just um, a particular subset?
0: And so what they're talking about there, for people that might not really understand that, is that people will have their home where they'll get a you know, their one rental property, or they might even have two or three, and they're trying to pay interest-only loans so that they're literally only paying the interest, which is coming out of the rent that they're collecting, and they're not actually paying down any debt because, Correct. A, the rent or well, the interest has been tax deductible up until the changes, and that has been phased out anyway. But, secondly, people have the opinion well, my property is going to increase in value. My tenants are going to pay for my interest. So, fuck paying any debt back. Mm. I'll just pay it back when I sell it. Yeah. So, I just keep it for five years. It would have added 300 grand worth of capital gain,
3: and I'll sell it in cash out. Yeah. Which
0: yeah. is quite smart. Because when, when you could,
3: it is smart. And then when you also could claim interest as a taxable you know, expense. Mm. If you also had um debt on your owner occupied and you were taking out debt on a rental property, it, it wouldn't make sense to go principal and interest on your rental property, um, while you've still got loan to repay that's not tax deductible on yes. your owner occupied. So you might as well go interest only on the rental. That's a you can claim that through tax and then you could pay down Focus on your owner occupied, and then once you've removed the debt off your owner occupied, then go and pay, change the interest only ones back over to principal and interest.
0: Yeah, um, to reshape that for people in their heads. Say you've got a house and you owe uh, four hundred thousand dollars on it, and it's worth let's say it's worth a million dollars. This is back in the day, so but this is for, for an example. And you went to the bank and you say, "We want to buy this rental property. We're going to have to borrow eight hundred thousand to do it," um, and they say, "Yep, sweet, we can do that." Uh, people who were smart would be like, well, can we actually borrow the the property's worth 1.5, the second one that we're buying, can we borrow um, the 800 plus the 400 against the rental property and then we won't actually have any personal debt and it will all just be uh, uh, rental debt and incurring interest and then it's going to be tax deductible. Mm. And people that knew how to do that uh, would do that and then technically they'd have no debt that they're paying interest on that... Uh, is therefore not tax-deductible. So that's that's what Mikey's saying there. Uh,
2: you know, over the next few weeks, this isn't going to take a long time, we're, we're operating under, you know, we want to get this right. Um, we will be talking very specifically about where they sit and what we do. We need to go back to the government around actually the, uh, um, you know, it's, it's their decision as to whether we get the debt-to-income tools, the interest-only we can work with more clearly.
4: How worried are you about the growing inequality this is, Causing, creating in New Zealand between those who have been able to buy into house, whose parents own houses, whose parents own multiple houses, and those who never stand a chance.
2: Uh, extremely worried. You know, this is a, what. Oh, well, that's good. Hmm. Keeps me awake at night is not what's going to happen next because we don't know. But it's around when we are, when I'm talking from the Reserve Bank perspective, you know, we've had to do some significant uh, rapid changes uh, over time through this COVID-19 period particularly. Some of those changes embed those behaviours that if the insiders uh, benefit the outsiders, remain outsiders. Now, this isn't specific to New Zealand. This is the global challenge. You know, this is social cohesion, cultural inclusion
0: and even environmental sustainability. But it's only a global challenge because you're all doing the same thing. Mm. Like that's why I don't understand why they have that argument. Yeah, well, it's like it's like saying, um, "Oh, hey, I'm getting really like unhealthy and overweight," but it's uh it's all it's happening in Australia and USA because I'm doing the same diet as the dude in Aussie <laughs> and the USA as well. Like <laughs> we hear it from our
3: politicians all the time. Yeah, well, we're just a little bit better off than the UK in this regard. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, I don't know why it's we a play weird. that
2: comparison game. Yeah. Things have been put into the back into the back seat while we have operated under emergency. But technology change has meant returns to capital is winning, returns to labour wages are sitting behind. Uh, those who own the assets are growing, um, are getting the wealth. Those who don't own the assets are looking less than likely to to own them. And so structural change needs to happen and we need to transition in a in a sustainable manner, not in a not in a, um, a unpleasant manner.
4: By getting rid of the RVRs last year and using the tools you have to lower interest rates, how much responsibility do you take for that inequality?
2: Uh, I would say the inequality has been decades in growing. <laughs> None. Yeah, <laughs> None. exactly. You've shunned that one <laughs> off, didn't he? <laughs> As a small blip at the end of a long-term trend, uh, the LVR removal last last year was because we needed to act with emergency and get cash flow and liquidity into the into the economy. Uh, well, what's the point of doing that if, if it's our plug that's stopping it from flowing to where it, need, where it needed to go? So I've got no issue with removing that, and we put them back on as soon as we had confidence that we were through that initial shock, economic shock. Um, can I also just remind you that the single biggest um, determinant of equality is whether you are or aren't in the labour force, and so the lower interest rates are for our mandate maximise our contribution to sustainable employment. So all of these issues.
0: Oh,
3: so that would only be true, surely, if everything wasn't getting more unaffordable with inflation. If you're not in the workforce, you can't borrow, you can't buy assets, you can't then become wealthy. Yeah. So he was saying, he was saying the biggest thing of an inequality, right? He said equality, equality, not
0: inequality. Which I don't know if that makes a difference. Wow, it's the, it's the reverse. Yeah. yeah.
3: So the, the biggest contributor to equality is being in the workforce.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, well, that would make sense because if you go to work and get a job, then you can pay for things and do things, but and you can borrow. You, yeah, which then you, you kind of have to to keep yeah, up with other people. But it, yeah, if you're if you're, <laughs> I thought the when biggest we, when the we've term. got in, after all of the effects of what's happened with this, and we've got inflation now. When when you're when you're going to work for exponentially more and receiving exponentially less in terms of purchasing power, you might receive the same dollars or even slightly more dollars. Um, that's not the road to happiness, eh? No, no. So, cheers Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
0: I, <laughs> I, got, I worked harder, I got taxed more, and I paid more, I mean I lost more money to inflation as well. Yeah. But, uh, hey, yeah. I'm more equal.
2: Yeah. prices or not pale to insignificance if you don't actually have a job. And so our role has been around low and stable inflation, maximising employment. Maybe um, we should go and back the and listen to the outcomes. We're seeing some of these that. outcomes. No issue with removing that, and we put them back on as soon as we had confidence that we were through that initial shock economic shock. May I remind? Um, you? Can I also just remind you that the single biggest um, determinant of equality is whether you are or aren't in the labour force. And so the lower interest rates are for our mandate, maximise our contribution to sustainable employment. So all of these issues around house prices or not pale to insignificance if you don't actually have a job. And so our role has been around low and stable inflation, maximising employment. Um, and the outcomes where you're seeing some of these outcomes, for example. Low I and stable yes, they inflation. Problems, but they have been secondary to output.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that worked out well. Yeah, nah. So I would fully agree with them. I think it would be it's more important to uh, have a job and um, achieve something day to day than own a house, I would say. that would That would produce more equality around the world is there
0: any soap in here you're gonna to to wash your mouth out mate it's just
3: <laughs> disgusted a whole heap of new zealand is just there <laughs> but yeah um low and sustainable inflation that's a
2: <laughs> cock up purpose of keeping people in jobs
4: how many houses do you own uh two would you say to future generations to your kids
2: seems a bit lazy adrian <laughs> what's
4: he been doing
3: <laughs> he's gone through five cycles He's nah, mate. It's it's he doesn't own them like that he owns one to live in
0: and one beach house no, yeah, I don't know, I don't no. know, I don't know <laughs> Okay, here's the answer Well, I own two But I've got a company in a trust That <laughs> <laughs> own the other five No, I shouldn't joke Adrian's probably it's a great a, guy yeah. like You know, and hey We're you just taking the purse, Adrian yeah, Come on
4: Grandkids, nephews, and he says to invest in property now. Is that is that where you would inc- want encourage them to?
2: Uh, live? No, far from it. I live in one house, and the other one is where the kids and it's a family holiday place. And um, <laughs> no, I, hang I, on, on, eh? <laughs> I
0: oh, caught it, eh? Oh, Mikey's <laughs> been bloody looking up Mr. So Adrian. He is or, he probably is nec- not into it as an investment at all. Mikey probably has got a batch next door to him as well,
4: <laughs> eh?
2: <laughs> people to be rushing in, and I never have done in my life, to rush into leveraged investments uh, around the house. Uh, Having a place that you can call home doesn't mean you have to own it. I would say there are big issues in New Zealand around the rental market, the structures around the rental market. Um, I lived in France for a few years. I ticked the box, or we we ticked the box for the uh, unfurnished home. We had to bring our own taps, our own faucets. When you were a tenant in Europe, you are there for as long as you like um, type structures. So owning and having somewhere to live are very different concepts, and we
0: confuse it all of the time.
4: How worried are you about the amount of debt people...
0: Owning and having somewhere to live are very different concepts, and we confuse it all the time, yeah, I think
3: um I'd probably agree with him on this stuff, eh mm. it's a bit of my lefty coming out of me, mate,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, um, I like Adrian, yeah, what I wonder what he's doing for dinner, <laughs> yeah getting into there are specific pockets of householders or or people in New Zealand who are over leveraged and you just have to think for a moment you have to think about what if interest rates increased what if I was out of employment for a while what if my investment property didn't have someone living in it because they couldn't afford the
0: rent that was needed to that's all the questions you ask people when they borrow for money pretty much
1: you are you are you Adrian (laughs) (laughs) this is getting a little bit weird yeah ...justify
2: the price you paid. People aren't thinking clearly about that all the time. They think about here and now, and with this expectation that capital gains will always go north. They don't. A lot of people who already own a home or have owned a home for a long time are in very good equity positions, but you know, there is always the pocket. It was similar for the dairy industry. Very high debts, but allocated to a small proportion of the total farmers.
4: Do you have confidence that things are going to continue on the track they are? We're going to keep seeing things better than expected?
2: Uh, Confidence subject to us being able to uh, maintain a very stimulatory monetary policy. So, you know, while we're talking about um, house prices rising, meanwhile... What? (laughs) So so he's basically saying
3: more stimulatory monetary policy.
0: He's basically saying no, but if we can keep putting money into the system and keep stimulating, then yes. So what he wants to do is
3: is print more money but not have houses inflate. Yeah, that's the
0: goal. They work like that? I think he thinks like what should happen but then forgets That humans will always do what's in their best interest.
3: Yeah. all greed comes out.
0: Yeah. That's how it works. Interesting. Mm. Heart's in the right place, this bloke. This is becoming my conclusion. Yeah, Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say
3: he's got an idea of what he wants to see, but getting there is another story, right? Yeah. And now we've got 10% inflation.
2: (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) We're retaining a very symmetry lower interest rates, um, and we're doing that because the economy still needs a tailwind to pushing it along. A lot of what's no, pulled us it out of our most recent economic <laughs> dark space have been one offs, massive fiscal stimulus, uh, the monetary policy easing. Uh, we've seen uh, the bounce back in consumer spending. We haven't seen business investment, and my confidence will come w- when the business investment confidence is there, and we're seeing really long term plans being put into action
4: again. So people should look at investing. In.
3: So I wonder if he's got data that saw a bit of that happen before the end of twenty twenty one. Or not, because if that didn't show up before the end of 2021, he's had to basically pull out of his his stimulatory monetary policy and low interest rates to tackle inflation before that happened, and that is the that is in in 12 months time from not having the business investment and that kind of stuff happen, um, it, it leads into a bit of stagflation. Um, We have seen wage price increases across lots of sectors over the last few months. Um, If we have a contracting economy, I think that will stop. And if inflation is still going and we don't have uh, GDP growth, basically, then that's that's stagflation, which
0: is sort of the worst outcome. It's pretty yuck. A couple of things that I pick up on. keeps talking about business investment. Like I get to see firsthand Small businesses Trying to invest Into their businesses And Nine out of ten of them If I say to them Who's your bank manager Oh It's uh, Dark and difficult eh Don't have one Don't know I oh, haven't been helpful Oh we got this um 40 grand overdraft Like what, Why'd you get a 40 grand overdraft like, Oh we don't really know They just um Suggest Like fuck You need like a $500 facility <laughs> Like what the <laughs> fuck is that Um And they want to invest But yeah. they're scared and they, they haven't had any support, they haven't really been shown, okay, if we cash flow forecast this, if we then look at what we're going to invest into, what that return's going to be. Um, as an example, a couple of clients, they rent equipment rather than buying it. They're like, oh, we'd, we'd love to buy that equipment, but they just don't know how. And mm-hmm. they, they've never had, they don't have, the banks don't look at small businesses and go, shit these ones are growing pretty quick we should have a yarn and see what they've got going on like that's not what happens mm. so i think we're always going to have a problem with that the second thing if we think about business investment and he keeps saying how important that what is back in pre-covid and now we're a year into covid here so yep. in 2021 the now we're in 2022 july business confidence is at its lowest levels correct we ain't going to see any business investment people nah. are like
3: everyone stop that it's yeah. it's Pulled out, like, we're, we're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm sitting back until this comes right now. That's the
0: attitude right now. So everything that he wants to see is literally been...
3: Evaporated by uh, inflation fears.
0: Yeah. And interest rates going up.
3: Yep.
2: We haven't seen business investment and my confidence will come when the business investment confidence is there and we're seeing really long-term plans being put into action again. So people should look at investing
4: in businesses rather than houses?
2: Uh, I always think you should be looking, spreading your investments Um, and New Zealand now and only only very recently now has very simple low cost effective ways of getting access to to a global portfolio of investments. So think hard if if your wage only comes from one job then you're not diversified. If your wealth only comes from one asset you're not diversified. Um, So think hard around how do I spread um, these eggs um, more widely.
0: That's a really interesting point, he's mm. not just talking about investing, he's saying if your uh, income only comes from one source, you're mm. not diversified, like mm. you need to be, yeah, he's a really good educator, I reckon. Yeah, he sounds really good in this, eh? Mm. And he's definitely think, got his heart in the right place. I can't believe he hasn't quit yet, to be honest.
3: He must be under a shit ton of pressure. I mean, I, I've heard other stuff since then, there was one he did the other day when he was talking to like other central banks and shit, and he was saying that he's like a tree and... Tane Mahuta and the, ch- the roots of... The, I don't know what the fuck he's on about, but... <laughs> but really? yeah, 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 it was weird, mate. So, <laughs> I don't know if, like, if he's... But he sounds really good in this video. Do you reckon he wasn't sweet in that um, video the other day? He's it didn't... I don't think so, but... but going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean... Uh, Shit... It, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, when you're talking probably, to other central banks and and powerful leaders of the world, they don't know who Tane Mahuta is. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's probably half of New Zealand doesn't know who Tane Mahuta <laughs> is. So you know, like it's a bit weird to be going um, and talking, talking about, about that. that kind of stuff and making those comparisons. Yeah, um, it sounds like you're like you're clutching at straws. You know, like mm. oh, we did make a bit of a fuck up, but it's ah, just the know. way we're looking at it now. <laughs> One thing, mate, that I fully don't understand about. Um, our reserve bank is how they go on about climate change. Yeah. I don't understand how monetary policy has any effect on climate mm. change. I someone can enlighten me, feel free to please message me and tell me about it. Um yeah. but I mean, pretty sure that if you know, that's humans and shit.
0: Yeah. And cars and planes and uh, maybe they have kind of just been palmed a little bit of the responsibility. Yeah, I don't like Because that. we don't know who I, should be doing it.
3: Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm I'm in the camp of, like, remove the mandates, let them focus on inflation. That's a good fuck-up at the moment. Yeah, they can't even fix that. Yeah, sort <laughs> that out first and then worry about the other mandates, you know. Yeah. But he does sound like he's, like, a couple of these, uh, he sounds like he's on a mission to crush the housing market
0: mm. in terms of its value. Um, we're, we're an hour deep, mate. What we might have to do... On the next one, is dig out a twenty twenty type uh, and a twenty twenty two type interview. Yep, even a recent one, and see again. i would be it keen to like. see
3: what the latest. shall we pull up? We can pull up the
0: tree one coming <laughs> coming to a pod <laughs> near you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, righto. Watch out for Adrian Mahuta uh, going to be speaking <laughs> to you about who knows what. We, we can find that one. Mate, that's nearly been an hour. Um, hopefully, people have learned something along the lines. It'd be a really hard job. I think Adrian. it'd be a really hard job, and um,
3: what's interesting is you can see that he was all about the the lowering of rates, the government spending, the stimulate the economy, even pre-COVID. Mm. So his mindset was already there when we got put into lockdown and we all thought the world was going to end. So his natural reaction, by the sounds of it, I don't know, of course they had committee meetings and talked about it and everything. His natural reaction was just to accelerate that shit. Yeah. And that was the go button. It would. I'd love to ask him about, like, the process from then to now, and if I still haven't seen anyone ask him about um, inflation during those times, so no, no, we didn't even really but, touch it, on it. But it sounds either. like to me that he never thought it was a threat, nah, which is interesting
0: and very keen on some business investment, which he sadly wouldn't have seen.
3: Yeah, that's great, but it didn't happen either, no, yeah, so it just went all into housing. So it's all very well wanting something and, and saying that you want to see it, but if it didn't happen, then does that mean it was unsuccessful, probably?
0: It's kind of, like I was going to say it's kind of like this, but it's kind of not at all, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's kind of <laughs> like uh, putting everyone into lockdown and be like, well, at least they'll earn, all learn to meditate during that time at home. <laughs> yeah. And no one did. Exactly. <laughs> well, that is. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like,
3: this is what you should go and do. Yeah. But they went and did something else and you didn't have control over it, so
0: you failed again to do what you wanted to do. Tough times out there. Righto, that has been a, a little megapod there with a couple of videos from Adrian. Hopefully you've learnt a, a stack through that. That would be uh, potentially one of the boringest podcasts for some people. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be two lessons you and yeah. me, mate. Yeah. Go back and review it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mum, Mum might tune in. Shout out, Mum, if you made it through. Yeah. G'day, Mum. Let's get out of here. Yeah.
1: You know how sticky it gets.